Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. JT DeBolts with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning, 1030 a.m. Eastern. You know what that means? It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by FlyWithJT.com. That's FlyWithJT.com. And yes, you can still download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, but not for too much longer. So make sure you jump over there right now and uh, take advantage of that. Plus, stay connected to everything we're doing in the high-altitude community. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road. Just recently launched the Best Year Blueprint program designed to help people really establish that momentum early and often, really no matter what time of year, but certainly this precious time of the year, the very beginning And here we are, the very first podcast of 2017. Great to be with you, as always, and uh, really thrilled to talk to you about playing the game higher, playing the game bigger, playing the game to win, as always. And today I want to address something that I think has kind of got, uh, well, at least right now, especially this time of year, a lot of focus. We hear people thinking about setting New Year's resolutions. And typically, if you listen to them close enough, you get the sense that they're trying to break a habit. Right? They're trying to move towards some other type of behavior, maybe replace a bad habit with a, a good habit or a better habit. And statistically speaking, you can see that it doesn't work as well. And there's a lot of reasons for that, a lot of science that goes behind that. But at the core of it, you can do all the research you want on how habits are formed and how habits are broken. It's important to understand why we would want to do that. Typically speaking... We've developed something that doesn't work for us anymore. Now, at some point, it did. At some point, that bad habit served us on some capacity. Think about it. If you mindlessly surf Facebook, if that's like your habit, and you just catch yourself doing it almost on a you know, knee-jerk reaction, knee-jerk basis, at some point, that became a habit because it was it, you got something from it. Now, I can tell you that uh, Facebook has sort of this effect, and it's not just Facebook, it's like any social media really does. Sometimes anything that has to do with surfing the internet, period, uh, actually releases dopamine in your brain. And so you get this sort of hit of pleasure, even if you see things that aren't that pleasurable. Maybe you see something that you know disturbs you or something that sets you off and whatever. We actually get that benefit from having that experience. I know people who will literally go out and try to find the negative stuff. They'll find, you know, certain people who always talk about, I don't know, a presidential candidate or a football team, a sports team, and and they'll actually seek that out, that combat, that psychological combat for whatever reason to occupy their time. High performers don't do that. But I will say high performers are like any other human being on the planet. They have a tendency to have some of those bad habits. It doesn't always have to be surfing the Internet. Sometimes it's you know, eating the wrong kinds of foods or not doing certain behaviors they know are going to push them toward accomplishing the mission. 
it happens to every single one of us. And I'm, I'm certain that as we sit right now, there are certain folks, myself included, that have certain habits they would love to break. So let's talk through that. Let's explore really what it takes to, to get to a place where we can actually walk away from a bad habit. And then we'll talk a little bit about replacing it with a positive or a beneficial habit. And I want to give a hat tip to Dr. Susan Krauss Whitborn, who uh, put out a great article in Psychology Today on really what it takes to, to break bad habits. And so I want to kind of give credence, you know, give credit where credit's due and pay credence to the, to the genius that is uh, Dr. Whitborn because uh, there was, I, I found this article to be very enlightening. And, and I'm going to kind of give you her wisdom, but I'm going to put my spin on it and talk to you in terms of what it really means from the performance level. And as a performance strategist, some of the things that I've seen work for not just myself, but for clients and people in the past. The first part is, is that we have to decide. We have to make that decision. That's where we draw a line in the sand and say, this is it. Enough is enough. I need to change now. It's one thing to not like certain things. Like you, could, you could look at yourself in the mirror as you're getting into the shower and say, oh, my gosh, I've got to get in better shape. And you might be at a place where you don't like what you see. But until you hit that line in the sand moment, that place of disgust, that place of certainty, that place where you're like, damn it, this is it. You know, I'm going to plant my foot in the ground and pivot in the right direction. Until you get there, it's very difficult to make the level of commitment that's necessary to break a habit. Okay, so maybe you have a habit of, of, of gossip or complaining. Maybe you have a habit of chewing your nails. Maybe you have a habit of something that's even more dangerous like smoking or drinking or whatever. There has to get to be a point where you say, man, this is just not working for me anymore. At some point it did. At some point it served you well. At some point it, it, it soothed you. At some point it gave you pleasure. At some point it, you know, maybe it still gives you pleasure. But you have to get to that place where you know, listen, I can commit to this. I can conquer this. And I must. Because when you make it a must, it's a whole different ballgame. If it's kind of a casual interest, then you're not quite there yet. And it means it's time to dial it up. Now, the second aspect to this is you have to go to the source. So what is it that's causing you to do this bad habit? Could it's, Listen, you could say, hey, listen, I, I, I've been doing this for years. That's not the source, though. That's a condition. You know, the condition is it's a learned behavior. It's something that's created such a neural pathway, such a, cut such a, a, a you know, a, a path in, the, in your mind, in your psyche, that. It almost feels like a tattoo, but what's beautiful is, is that even if you create a path in the forest, if it doesn't get walked on over time, it will actually grow back. The same goes with the way we behave and the same way we create decisions and, and actually formulate habits, good and bad habits. So we have to go back. We have to go back to, that, to that, that source of what's causing the habit. So a great example I mentioned before, you know, if you have that habit of, of serving, surfing Facebook, for instance, or really any kind of internet type thing, you have to ask yourself, what is it about that that is being cured or, or served? Now, in the case of Facebook, for instance, one cause of that kind of habit is the need for connection. So sometimes we feel so isolated these days that our only connection is through electronics, we're not actually out there physically getting connected to other people. We're not actually out there physically interfacing with each other. And so we feel like, well, listen, you know, it's impossible for me to get on a plane and fly over to another part of the world or even across the, the, the country that I'm living in to interface with these people. So I need Facebook. I have to be there. And we can convince ourselves all day. 
But if the habit no longer serves you, then it's time to understand where it's coming from. You have to understand where it's coming from. And this is something that might take a little bit more work. It might take working even with a specialist. It might take you know, having a conversation with somebody outside of your own circle to understand what is driving that habit. If the habit is you know, smoking cigarettes, maybe the connection to it was something that was you know, fun. Maybe it was from your youth. Maybe it was an experience of being around people. I've never smoked cigarettes, but I'm, you know, not actively. I've done it on a dare, and it's god-awful. I could never understand how people could create a habit out of that. But listen, it's one of the most addictive substances on the planet, nicotine. And so to understand what the source, the seed of that addiction is, or this case, a bad habit. It's very important to find that and get to the root of it. By the way, I want to make something clear here. I'm not talking about addiction per se. It's possible for a habit to become an addiction. So I want to be perfectly clear. I'm not a specialist here. I'm not a doctor. And I certainly am not uh, anywhere near an expert when it comes to addiction, and that is not what this conversation is about. What we're really talking about is being able to look your goals in the eye and say with confidence, I will accomplish this. I will commit to this. I will follow through. My role as your mission accomplishment coach is to give you the tools that you need to get past anything that could possibly hold you back so that you can fly higher, faster, and farther in your business, your career, and your life. And so if we can help you get there, that's very important. So I just want to be perfectly clear on that. This, that disclaimer is not to say you know, anything more than simply this is not about conquering an addiction. If you need help with that, please seek help. Now, the third aspect of this is to start small. I will tell you that I have tried very hard to break a, an old habit or replace it with a new habit and gone too big too fast. You see this all the time, especially like this time of year. The gym is packed. Go to the gym. You'll never see it busier than you will in, in the first week to two weeks of January. And the typical thing that happens is somebody goes into the gym and instead of tipping their toe in it, uh, they go full out and then they get hurt. And they have to take several weeks off, and after they've taken several weeks off, they kind of think, ah, to hell with it, and they, they don't get back in the saddle. And so it's important to start small, particularly if you're breaking a bad habit. So let's use that gym analogy. As opposed to thinking, hey, I'm going to go in and start doing the Hercules workout, maybe it means I'm going to stop you know, spending so much time in front of the television. That's the first habit you're going to break. And the second habit is to actually just get yourself to go to the gym, just physically walk in the door. That one habit, you do that for two weeks where you physically walk in the door, uh, you take in the environment of the gym, uh, you do something, maybe a short walk on the treadmill. It, you know, th This is, of course, depending on your fitness level. If that's the habit you're trying to establish or the habit you're trying to break is to start small. So many people want to chew the entire elephant in one bite. They think, hey, I'm going to eat this thing, man. I'm going to na nail this out of the park. And I got my hand in the air. I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that, that is absolutely as competitive as they come, and I truly believe that, oh, I can conquer this. I can take this on. And so my, my stance is I'm going, to, I'm going to try to beat this thing all at once. What if instead of replacing a bad habit with a good habit, what if you just broke the bad habit first? And instead of saying, hey, I'm going cold turkey here, maybe you allow yourself to have the sweets or you have the indulgence only on the weekends. Just start there, as opposed to having it every night. And then pretty soon you say, I'm only going to have it once a month, or twice a month. And then you slowly weed it out of yourself. Because the most important thing is that you make progress. And you have to be able to gauge that progress. Something I teach in my program called Flight School to Success is that we take a look at setting a goal, 
right? And, and then having a plan to execute on it, taking the action, and then gauging the progress, saying to ourselves, okay, it is possible to make backwards progress, but at least we know that doesn't work. At least we know to tweak that behavior. That's progress. It may not be what you like. It may not be driving you toward the result, the desired result, but it's driving you at least past being stuck. It's driving you past being inert. Now what you have is, is data points to gauge and say, okay, that didn't work. Let's tweak it. Or that did work. I got some good results from that. Keep doing more of that. Keep the pressure on. Keep the momentum built. And finally, well, not even finally, I think most important next is, is, is the need for support. One thing I will tell you, especially as I work with entrepreneurs, is the, the ability to reach out to somebody in a time when you've got questions or you're, you're, you're confused or you're flat out challenged, you're pissed off, frustrated, whatever it looks like. Because when you have that level of support, now it doesn't feel like it's a one-person fight. You're not a one-person army or whatever in the, in the, in the war on your, on your bad habit. You have other people in your corner who will support you, who have your back, who desire your success as much as you do. And when you have that support, especially with people who have the, the, the strategies that can help you get through it and some of the mindset shifts that they can help you get through it, now all of a sudden you have a, almost an unfair advantage on that bad habit. One thing that I want you to kind of think about is to reassign what the whole thing means to you. I'll give you a great example. So years ago, I had a terrible habit of eating sugar. I had a sweet tooth like you wouldn't read about. And I just thought, oh, it's just the way I'm, it's just my predisposition. Until I realized how really unhealthy it is. I mean, I get that it's not good for you. But I didn't understand until I started reading about it. When my stepmother Pam lost her battle with breast cancer, I was really, it, it sort of took the wind out of my sails. And it took a while for me to fully understand what she said to me. She said, sugar is, is fertilizer for cancer. And I thought, oh, come on. And then I started kind of doing more research on it, not because I was trying to break the habit, but just it kept showing up in my life. I started seeing how these professional athletes were overcoming some injuries because they had gotten completely off sugar, you know, white process, uh, you know, uh, refined processed sugar. They had finally gotten off of that, and their injuries and their recovery from just the wear and tear on their bodies was so much lower as a direct result. And I thought, well, geez, you know, I, I consider myself a bit of an athlete, and I'm always hurt. I'm always sore. What if I stopped eating sugar? And so I did. Now, it wasn't a cold turkey thing. It was difficult. There were times where I had to kind of take those small steps like I was talking about. But I started to reassign the meaning of what sugar was. It was no longer something that was delicious. It was no longer something that I almost had to have. I mean, man, I used to plow through like Jolly Ranchers and all this other stuff like gummy bears like crazy. And I started to realize just how damaging it was to my body. And I thought, man, there's so many other things I could be putting into my body. I mean, if I wanted to have calories, I have a nice cold beer, right? Which is, by the way, not necessarily great for you either, but it's better than processed sugar and refined sugar. So I started to kind of educate myself. And through that education, it really woke me up. Did the same thing with fast food. I, I just despise fast food with the exception of one particular place called In-N-Out Burger. For those of you on the West Coast, you know what I'm talking about. And it's so rare that I actually have that. It's maybe once or twice every couple of years. And so it's, it's a nice little treat. But I don't even notice fast food restaurants anymore. I could drive past one and smell the food and it almost repulses me. Because I kind of got clear on exactly what it represents. 
what that kind of food does if you call it food and realize, hey, that's just not how I want to live my life. I intend to live long and I intend to live strong and I intend to, you know, really enjoy life and living the fast food life and living the life of processed sugar was not going to get it done for me. Now, do I still, do I have my slip ups? Absolutely. I mean, there are times where I get a sweet tooth and especially around the holidays, but I make a point to be very clear on that. And what's crazy about it is I actually feel awful. <laughs> if I eat enough sugar, I actually feel tired. It makes me sleepy. And I don't like feeling that way unless I'm ready to go to bed. So reassign what it, what it means to you. And the last thing I'll tell you, and I thought this was genius. I, I learned this from a guy named Nir Eyal. And he's the best-selling author of the book Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products. And what Nir said is instead of making it a don't, Make it a can't, or I should say make it a don't instead of making it a can't. So say, instead of saying, hey, I can't have sugar, or I can't have fast food, or I can't have, you know, I can't surf the Internet, you say, I choose not to. I just don't. I just don't eat sugar anymore. And when I heard him say that, I thought, you know, that's exactly what worked for me. In any bad habit I've ever tried to break, it came down to saying, listen, it's not that I can't. I just don't. I just, it's just not my thing. So now if somebody goes, hey, we're going to go to McDonald's, you want to go? I said, nah, it's not for me, thanks, I'll, I'll figure something else out. I just don't eat fast food, unless it's in and out Burger, of course. So hopefully this helps you, because right now as you're looking at the beginning of the new year, maybe you're looking to create new habits, new, maybe you're looking to break old ones, but specifically if you're looking to break bad habits, it really does come down to those few steps. First and foremost, deciding that you're going to conquer it. Number two is going straight to the source of what's causing that habit. What are you fulfilling? What are you soothing? What are you, what are you burying? What are you covering up? Starting small, not feeling like you've got to conquer this thing in the first day, the first week, or even the first month, but it's a slow, steady process. And if you screw up, maybe even when you screw up, being gentle with yourself and getting right back on the saddle. It doesn't mean throwing it out, saying, oh, man, I blew it, so therefore it's all gone, the, the, the battle is lost. It means saying, hey, I'm going to bounce back, better and stronger next time you do that by gauging your progress you do that by getting support you do it by reassigning what the habit actually means to you and of course make it a don't instead of a can't that way it's not a prohibition it's not something that says this will never happen again it's just you taking control of the situation and realizing that you do not have to be a slave to your habits but rather you can conquer them anytime because you are in charge you are a high performer my friends this show is a wrap it's my privilege to come at you here on the high altitude mentorship show each and every single wednesday right here at 10 30 a.m eastern looking forward to doing it again next week get yourself over to flywithjt.com and download a complimentary copy of flight plan to success and remember no matter what course you fly in life fly high fly fast and fly far we'll talk to you next week